Now, today's story is so bizarre, you'd almost have to question yourself, is this real? And it involves a person inside a church begging for money. We've all heard that story before. Being told they weren't going to be given money. We've all heard that story before. But as they flee the scene, they are throwing Molotov cocktails towards the police. And as I mentioned, this is a story that you couldn't make up. So we're going to dive straight into it. And it happened at the St. Peter and Paul Church in San Francisco at the 5.52 p.m. mass. Now, as I mentioned, the assailant was at what the news article says is one of the most famous churches in San Francisco. I don't know if that was their motivation for being there. They clearly had a mode of transport because they're driving away throwing these Molotov cocktails towards police officers. Um, but they find themselves at this most famous church within San Francisco. And at the end of a mass, they demand money from a parishioner who says no. And again, depending where you are, which side of the fence you sit on there, it's that's okay for someone to say no, that they want to give the person money, even when they're in church. What they may probably didn't expect was the level of escalation which occurred during this incident, where the parishioner was then assaulted and then the police were called. So the trigger, if you like, the trigger point was the fact that this person was inside the church and the term is used, demanded money. That is the term, demanded money. It doesn't say ask for money. It doesn't say, would you please, do you have it said this person demanded money from this prisoner who said no, who then got assaulted. The police are called, 911, they arrive. And then at the next article, which is super fascinating here, I know my friend Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman has done a lot of research into video game violence. But the press start putting these little trigger words in here. They say, the crazed man started his video game-inspired rampage at St. Peter's and Paul Church on Sunday where he received communion before assaulting a member of the congregation and was chased outside the house of worship. So I do not know how factual that is when it says the crazed man started his video game inspired, they use the word inspired, I don't know if um, that's press putting in a bit of propaganda in there, but using the term inspired means to me there's a suggestion, there's information, there's evidence as to he was inspired by a video game. So it's fascinating how the press tried to change our thought processes by using trigger words. Um, but what I've got highlighted under here, though, is that he was chased out by the House of Worship. So some great work here. He asked someone, he demanded some money from someone. That person said no. He was assaulted. And we know that this church chased him out. So they had a very proactive security culture. This is great to read. But the news article says he was chased out of the house of worship. People weren't, didn't have normalcy bias. They weren't stood around saying, what do we do? They chased this individual outside of the church, the pastor told the news outlet. Very interesting piece of story there, but key learning. They were proactive here. Now, here's a bit of an update. So we had the suspect was throwing bombs um, 
out of his car, his Molotov cocktails. But the interesting thing is that the press said that he had, or sorry, the San Francisco police had a history with this man for explosives. So he find himself into a very prominent church in the San Francisco area. And this guy says, suspect who threw bombs at pursuing San Francisco police has a history with explosives. I just found that quite interesting to know. So I want to go through some points here for us then. So when I go through these news stories, it's always for me as in, well, what do we learn from these stories? What would we do if it happened to us? And I really want to emphasize the point that these incidents can happen anywhere. The normalcy bias, it will never happen here. Um, we're just a church. We're in a small town. We have a small congregation. We're just small, small, small. That isn't going to happen here. These incidents really say to us that where you are does not matter because what you cannot do, what you cannot do is you cannot control the motivation of the assailant. Uh, we, we can't control that. So we don't know if they've identified us as a subject. Yes, we'll see behavior warnings. Yes, we'll see indicators and things that we can do to disrupt them. But as a whole, where you are does not matter. You cannot control their motivation. So we've got to remove away from normalcy bias. We can be a victim like the next location. So where you are doesn't matter. The next thing that we need to do is then consider training for de-escalation. But I want to say something here, and I don't think I've got my book with me. It might be behind me. I've written a book on 10 powerful strategies for de-escalation. We want to walk into these situations believing that we can de-escalate. But clearly from this man's actions, he's reminded us, and I really want to remind you, this is okay, I want to give you permission for this. Not every person can be de-escalated. This guy is in a church. He demands money. He's told no. He assaults someone. He's chased out of the church and thrown Molotov cocktails out the window towards police officers. Not all persons can be diffused. We want to try and we always want to try, but not all persons can be diffused. So we're going to train on conflict escalation. We're going to know how to remove ourselves from harmful situations. But we're also going to remember and understand that not every person can be de-escalated. I want to give you permission to understand and embrace that. Not all persons can be de-escalated. Don't feel like you have to try so hard you're putting yourself in personal danger. Not all persons can be de-escalated. And then the third point of learning is having enhanced security measures without compromising the openness of our churches. So what does that mean? We all wrestle with the church open door. If our doors are locked, are we welcoming? Are, are we doing the Lord's work? We're locking our doors and we're restricting access. But what I say to that is, you can have enhanced security measures without compromising your openness by having ushers, greeters, your safety team trained in suspicious behavior. How are we going to respond? What are those behaviors, those pre-indicated behaviors we need to look at long before it, the activity moves to the point of escalation? This gentleman inside this 
mass after communion were there indicators to say that all was not well and some harm was going to come i wasn't there but the data would tell to me that he's a person so he's displaying some type of human behavior which is showing everyone that he's escalating to the point of action so we're going to make sure we have enhanced security measures yes but we're not going to compromise our openness but we achieve this through training we achieve this through awareness we achieve this by having preventative methods and then the fourth thing that we're going to look at is review and learn from these incidents so by me going through the story with you you're learning well what happened how would we respond if this was at our church? How would I respond to this incident? So we're going to make sure we're learning from these incidents. Volatile individuals cannot always be diffused. Volatile individuals cannot be diffused. And we don't necessarily know what does the person have to lose. And when I was a young police officer in England, I would stop a vehicle and I would always be cautious because you never knew you were stopping someone for a traffic stop, but you didn't know what they had to lose if you were going to give them a ticket, if you were going to take them downtown. So we're dealing with volatile individuals. We don't know what a person has to lose. And these incidents happen quickly and with little warning. So there's behaviors, yes, but this person can go straight from their human behaviors to the point of escalation, so we have little time. They can happen quickly with little warning. And again, we've got a little gold star here if you're watching the video on YouTube. The church did a great job in not hesitating. They chased this guy out of the church very quickly. Like I said, very strange, his next course of action, chased out of a church, 911 are called, Police are pursuing him, and he starts throwing Molotov cocktails out of his car. What does that tell you? Pre-planning. He didn't just happen to have those Molotov cocktails inside his car. He had them for if he needed them against law enforcement, against someone else. What was his intent with those? Pre-planning, pre-planning. That shows mindset and intent. So I want to thank you for listening to this video and this podcast episode. Those are my views. What are your views? Please drop a comment below and let's engage in some conversation. Very interesting case here. I want to close by telling you again about the decision decks that we have. Our decision decks are critical thinking, judgment. Um, these are great tools which you can use with, your, with the leaders of your church, with people on your safety team, your volunteers. You can ask them questions and you can say, what would you do given this situation? How would you respond? There are 60 scenarios in each deck of cards, different themes from crisis intervention, threat detection, safety team, suspicious behavior, conflict escalation, and medical response. I will drop a link below for you to pick up one of those copies. So love it to get your views and reflections on that story. Crazy story, right? A guy demands money in a church, says no, assaults someone, feeds the church, um, pursued by the police, throwing out Molotov cocktails. As I mentioned, it's like a movie, but drop your comments below as to what you make of that story. But for now, you stay safe. You have a blessed day. My name is Simon Osimo, and I'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.